Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in this Simply Happy Conversation, I'm talking with Kathy, a trauma-informed yoga, movement facilitator, and personal trainer. She's also the founder of Exhale and Be. Kathy shares what trauma is, how it affects the nervous system, the benefits of becoming trauma-informed, and what makes yoga and movement trauma-informed. This conversation is a video recording that you can watch on YouTube. Let's jump into this Simply Happy guest conversation. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. So today on Simply Happy Conversations, I'm talking with Kathy, a trauma-informed yoga and movement facilitator, and she's the founder of Exhale and Be. Her pronouns are she and her, and welcome, Kathy. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Norella, I feel like a bit of a movie star. (laughs) Really? I'm not. I just feel like it. Um, It's so lovely to have you and have you come on and share your wealth of knowledge. How about we start and you can tell us about things you'd like to do when you're maybe not working? Oh, okay. (laughs) So, oh, I spend a lot of time working and I kind of, I do find my job really important and it's something that I spend a lot of time doing outside of work. I love my dog. I'm one of those crazy dog ladies. And also, it's funny when I was sort of thinking about these questions before, you know, about what brings you joy and what do you enjoy doing. This is kind of like a segue, I suppose, into trauma and people that experience trauma. We don't really find a lot of joy in things. And I'm kind of working with my therapist at the moment to try to like, okay, great, you're talking about trauma and you're doing these courses and you're doing a new portal. What are you doing for you? I'm like, oh, yeah, good point. So you know what I've started doing, Narelle? No. Zumba dancing. I used to dance. 400 years ago, uh, and it's at the local kind of um, neighbourhood centre in Leopold, and it's for the more, so much the mature lady, but it's low low impact. And I can't help but laugh my head off at this, Not sorry, not at the instructor. She's just this Cuban oh, barrel of joy, and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm falling over and I'm trying to do these ones, and that brings me joy. So I'm going to keep going to those classes. Uh, and I'm going to have to ask you off air, but I bet I know who it is. And it's the same person that I used to go to years ago. And it just made, it just gave me joy every day. Every Thursday night, I went to her class and it was just beautiful. Yeah. It was so much fun. You just can't help but laugh. Yeah. yeah. And you don't feel, it feels like, they, I mean, I'm not going to say, she's actually going to come onto when we talk about my platform at the end. She's coming onto the platform to do a class too. So, it's, it, it feels really accessible. Like you don't feel like anyone's watching you. We have to do this. You have to do that. Yeah. Just start to move around. It's lovely. Yeah, it is beautiful. I actually got this same, if it's the same teacher, I got her to come and do some with kids. And it was so great to oh. see um, primary school kids doing it as well. Yeah, she's just so yeah. full of joy if, it, if it's the same person. But I'm sure even a lot of Zumba teachers are full of joy. Um, yeah, they're... it's like, is that really your medicated? Not that if you're medicated, that's <laughs> fine too. Whatever works for you. But I'm like, Things happen every week. No, it's lovely. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to find more joy outside of work. Yeah, thank you. Thank you too for sharing that honesty around though trauma. It yeah. is difficult to access joy, but for some people, yeah, 
I suppose so. It just sort of interests of transparency, and it's not to kind of bang on about myself, but I do have complex PTSD from developmental trauma and attachment ruptures with both primary caregivers. So that's just um, lived experience. It's kind of when I'm talking about things, it's because it's something that I deal with on a daily basis. Like a lot of people, there's nothing special about me. Well, <laughs> special yes, maybe yes. a little, little bit cooked, <laughs> but I'm okay with that, Narelle. <laughs> I'm out and proud. <laughs> so maybe talk about trauma. Like what is trauma to start with? Oh, if it's okay, it's I've got question. some notes here. Yeah, no, yeah it is. It. I've got some notes here just to so that I'm, I'm doing it justice. And these certainly aren't my definitions. Mm. They're from the great researchers and writers who I won't sort of bore you with. Um, and just, I suppose, acknowledging that this kind of, I hate to use the word industry, it's not regulated. So anyone can kind of call themselves anything, can say it's this and Kate can say it's that. So that's why I actually want to quote the people rather than it really sort of pretending that I've invented this. So trauma is uh, not what happens to us, but it happens. It's, it's what happens inside of us as a result of what happened to us, if that makes any sense. Mm. Um, uh, also, trauma is not a story of something that happened in the past. Trauma is the imprint that all experiences leave on your soul and your body as your sensations. Oh, sorry, it's uplifting, isn't it? Uh, also, this one's important. Trauma comes back as a reaction, not a memory. Um, it also could be defined as too much, too fast or too soon. So, yeah, trauma's not what happened to us, but what we hold inside too in the absence of an empathic witness. Uh, and trauma is perhaps the most avoided, ignored, belittled, denied, misunderstood an untreated cause of human suffering. Sorry, that's uh, uplifting. And I suppose just you know, before I go into now, maybe I'll give you some of the uh, definitions around trauma, just uh, an activation warning for anyone that might be watching. Like I'm presuming because we're online, you'd be in a space where you're hopefully able to access some internal safety. But, yeah, I'm going to use some words that may be a little bit activating for people. So just, just a bit of a warning. If you were to shut me off, shut me off. Okay, so as I said, like general definitions of trauma would be uh, acute trauma. So that can be when something happens like suddenly and it's typically like a single incident. That could be car accident, sexual assault, natural disaster or a medical event. Uh, chronic trauma might be defined as like when you're exposed to an ongoing traumatic environment over time. So childhood abuse or neglect. Uh, domestic violence, bullying, sexual abuse, living in poverty or war. I mean, I can't even start to go on about what's happening in the world at the moment. Uh, and then we've got complex trauma, and that's when you're exposed to several different traumatic experiences. Uh, or it's a combination of that acute and chronic trauma that I just sort of went through. Uh, vicarious trauma, and that's the trauma that we might feel when we're witnessing somebody else experience a traumatic event, uh, intergenerational trauma. So when, you know, our parents haven't had the resources or the skills to be able to process their own trauma, that can be passed down to the next generation. And then maybe in as a transgenerational trauma, and this is when it can be transferred to subsequent generations beyond our parents. And we see this with, you know, our first generations people. That's known as transgenerational trauma. And is that one, though, been around, like have we known a lot about that or is that quite recent that we've found trauma. these? Yeah, no, the no. like transgender, trans um, generational trauma. Have we no. known about that known for a long time? Yeah, this stuff's been around for such a long time and I, 
I'm trying really hard not to be disrespectful, but just you know, with social media and this whole thing around, um, you know, trauma and it's all new, but then if we practice some nervous system regulation or we have an ice cold bath or we do some yoga or we practice mindfulness, that can kind of help us and we'll all be better. A lot of that stuff can be supportive and a lot of the time for trauma survivors it can actually be quite damaging and harmful. So this is not new. It just seems to be, I'm trying to use the right words, I don't want to be disrespectful in any way, but it seems to be people think it's a new thing and look at what's happened historically with First yeah, First Nations people for yeah. all that's going on. Yeah, and especially at this time, I'm just trying to be a little bit sensitive around that because there's so much going on in the world. And I this is why I'm so passionate about trauma as well. And without sounding naive, I wonder, you know, if we could all learn more about it uh, in order to sort of help ourselves firstly, and then our small group of influence and maybe our bigger group of influence if we learn about trauma-informed practices and a way of life, maybe we could actually make a bit of a difference. Oh, for sure, Ooh. which is exactly why I wanted you to come on. And and just to share that doing your, um, you know, movement and yoga-informed course, trauma-informed course, yeah. has helped me not just in yoga but also just in my work in general and having that awareness, yeah. which I think so many people could value from, get value from, and which oh. is why I was like, I want you to come on and talk about it. Oh, no, thanks. That's so it's really great to hear because it's kind of like, yeah, the, whilst it is trauma-informed yoga and movement, I come from the trauma angle, mm. not so much the yoga uh, yoga is a beautiful modality. It can also be pretty harmful given that it's not regulated. And even when people, I think we discuss this on the course a lot, when we talk about um, intention versus impact, like we may have the best intentions with people. We might say, you know, put your hands on your ribs and feel what it's like in your body to breathe in and breathe out, feel your rib cage expand. Now, if dissociation has been what's kept you alive, the last thing that's going to be supportive is asking me to fill into my body because I don't feel anything. And it's actually quite dangerous. And I don't know why I've gone off on this track. Why have no, I gone off right. on oh, that now? Yes, yes. I told you in the beginning that I'm a little bit. That's all it right. Is, oh, because the course is. I sorry, mentioned the no. course, but that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That is perfect then. Segue into then. What what is trauma yoga and movement? And because you just reminded me of one thing that I've tried to change, and even if you go back now and look at my social media, is because oh, we talked you. about target area, and that is something yeah. that you're like told during yoga teacher training. You know the target area of the actual, yeah. you know, the pose that you're learning, the shape that you're doing, and, and then yeah. I go back and see it it's written like I have it written in copy and it's like okay trying to change that you know subconsciously because now it's you know I'm used to saying that but that was one yeah, thing that I took away from your course um, oh that's wonderful yeah and it's just to like target yeah of course like in a um in an assault sense or a trauma sense you mm -hmm. would never use the word target but I don't think the intention is when we get taught that is people you kind of don't know what you don't know yeah and definitely. that whole thing around say yin yoga for example which when I first did a class I'm like oh I hate this and it's like I better go and learn about it and then I better trauma inform it because there's something in this I understand because I've been a PT since 2007 I understand how important you know the sort of stretching and working the fascia and joints that kind of stuff and how beautiful stillness may be stillness may also be extremely activating so this is where the trauma informed 
stuff comes in. It's not just about using the language. I'll often hear people say, oh, oh, that trauma-informed yoga, that means using invitational language. And then we'll go into a class and say, I invite you to have your eyes closed or maybe your soft gaze. That's not invitational. Invitational is I invite you to have your eyes open or closed or perhaps a soft gaze feels more useful for your body today. You can't invite someone and then not let them have their eyes open. So it's more about being uh, neutral. Well, I think I know where I was going with that before, Narelle, is it's not just for yoga people and movement people. It's for, for kind of anyone, as you were saying, in, in your work. Yeah, definitely. It's helped with yeah. a couple of things. I know it does with me. Like, I, you know, my window of tolerance is pretty small and I can sort of fire up and fire down pretty quickly. But now I really do try to make an effort and go, Kathy, stop. If you can, just take a breath and see what might be happening here for somebody else and also what's happening for you. It's not this person's fault. Maybe you're being activated because it's something in you. It's got nothing to do with them. So don't be cranky at them if you can because mm. I'm a little bit old and cranky too, Narelle. <laughs> yes, we all. that's what happens, isn't it? <laughs> we just yeah, know what we so can do you want me to start? Do you want me to bang on a little bit about trauma-informed yoga? I would, yeah. So share all and movement because I yeah don't want it to just be pigeonholed to yoga. I think it's like I love the idea of movement is, yeah. Yeah. And it's whatever works for you. If you want to run, if you want to swim, if you want to do yoga, you want to play netball, you want to go to Zumba, these things, like we know physiologically how helpful movement is. I think where it gets a little bit tricky is when we start to, um, so the only way to do that is use mindset, just make a choice, like get out of bed and get going. That can be really supportive. That can also just fill me with so much guilt and shame in the sense there's times where our prefrontal cortex is offline in the brain and you can't make a choice. If people I'm pretty sure with depression or different types of anxiety disorders or whatever you want to call them, if they could make a choice every time to get out of bed and move, they probably would. But it's sort of, you know, the brain 101. We've got the mind that's kind of, you know, it's it refers to our ability to think and feel and engage in physical activity. And our brain is actually the physical organ in our head that supports these functions. So if our brain has some malfunctions, which you'll find in PTSD and a lot of other so-called, I don't like the word disorders, then that means it's going to actually impact our mind and our ability to make choices so anyway yes not just yoga so to be like it means to be trauma informed means that you honor that everybody not only has the ability but the right to agency autonomy sovereignty and self-determination kind of like across everything that we do so when we bring it into the movement space be it PT, be it yoga, be it kind of anything. Uh, Trauma-informed movement acknowledges the neurological impacts of trauma, so physical, psychological, emotional and complex, and the high instances of survivors experiencing a disconnection from their physical bodies. It's so common. Um, So this approach is people-centred and it's explorative. So the focus on is what's felt, noticing the sensations and learning to make choices that begin to rebuild trust between the body and the mind. So over time is the key here. Mm. So that doesn't just happen. So when we're looking at, at a trauma-informed approach, we do what's called titration. So basically that just means drip feeding. And one of the ways we could do that is through pendulation, which you may have noticed when we were doing our course. So I might have said something like, uh, the invitation to perhaps check in with your body here and see if you're noticing any sensations, knowing that if you're not, that's perfectly fine. So I'm not being coercive and telling you how you should feel. 
like this should feel juicy or this should feel relaxing or this should feel, I'm not going to coerce you into telling you how you should feel. And it's the same with, say, PT. Like I've been a PT forever, but I didn't actually know I was trauma-informed until I learned what trauma-informed actually means. I don't say this is what you should be eating, this is how many sets you should be doing, how many reps you should be doing, and drop and give me 20, yeah, and all that sort of stuff and bypass how people are feeling. It's like, okay, what are you maybe looking for? Give you some options. You can do them or not do them. If not, there's another exercise that maybe we can get the same result. Or maybe today you just want to rest or maybe you want to have a chat. So and it's done over time and that kind of – over time, trauma-informed movement can help survivors like, regulate their nervous systems, again, over time, uh, reduce and perhaps better manage anxiety, uh, improve body awareness and tolerance, you know, for the physical sensations and increase psychological flexibility. Yeah, just the key is over time and we do it ever so slowly. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, and I love it. It's, it's all about the options, isn't it, and the, and the actual wording, how you present that. Like you said, it's not cohesion. Like it's, yeah, those, that coercion, yeah that that's it. <laughs> the five components of, you know, of being trauma-informed that really could be used in every workplace, not just movement, isn't Pretty it? Much. Yes. Yeah, and it's the simplest things. Like, and we were saying this before about intention versus impact, and it's like, oh, my gosh, if you do this, you're going to feel so much better. Yeah. Like, the intention might be really simple, but how on earth are you going to know what I feel? Mm. And I often hear yin teachers not often some in particular um will say that you know you have to stay in that shape with your eyes closed for the full nervous system cycle to release your trauma firstly how on earth as a yoga teacher would I know what your nervous system cycle is uh if I'm not trauma trained and trauma responsive and you have a trauma release I can do so much damage there so it's also about understanding our scope of practice and having a referral network out. But as you say, you're sorry, back to the like these five components, they're more of trauma-sensitive yoga as opposed to trauma-informed. It's a very specific yeah. uh, TCTSY model, which I'm trained in. But but you're right. It's like invite people to do things. Maybe, maybe not. Don't tell them how they're going to feel if we're trying to help people start to feel safer in their own bodies and access internal safety. You can't be sort of saying this is how you should feel or do this and it's going to be a heart opener or a hip opener or a release or you're going to feel that stretch here. You may feel nothing or you may feel it somewhere completely different. And giving also in union yoga, giving people the option to people, you know, have arguments, sorry, not arguments, discussions with the teachers. Say, Kathy, you can't be telling them that they can come out of this shape and move to another one if they like or bring in some movement. Like, yes, they can, because then they're, it's self-determination. They're making a choice. And I've even had like a, a lot of yoga teachers that do my classes. Or I don't want to sound like one of those, oh, I know everything, Narelle, because I so don't. But say after, oh, wow, that's probably one of the best practices I've ever been to because I'm just doing what I want to do. I don't feel that I have to make this shape or go there. I'm like, preach, sister, brother, they, them, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and look, That's to be honest, just as a little side note, like good folk where you teach, where I go to myself, 
you see it with the other teachers. I hear their language, their the words that they use. Perhaps you might like some movement. I mean, I went to a class this morning and it's like you can stay in downward dog or you might like something else or you can move while you're there, whatever you like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not sort of, I was having a discussion the other day, I actually did a, a four or five-hour kind of workshop on their recent, on Good Fight Yoga's recent 200-hour yeah. teacher training, which is phenomenal because one of my, you know, goals is to actually have um, trauma-informed frameworks in all yoga trainings. I, I don't understand, this is just me personally, one of the things we talk about in yoga is ahimsa, so nonviolence, mm-hmm. uh, reducing pathways to harm. And if we know how prevalent mental, is it unwellness or mental health, however you know you know it to be, and we know about abuse and we know about trauma, how can we not? I just, I don't understand. But it's not like you can't have a strong flow that's directive. If that's what the class is presented as and you come into classes like, oh, folks, today you've come to a, a strong vinyasa flow class, that kind of means we're going to be into shapes and out of shapes quickly. I'm going to give you some choice, but please know that you can still yes. do all that kind of stuff just with some little tweaks. And I know you know I love good folk yoga, but how cool is that? You have a mainstream studio and I'm banging on to the owner, J-Ro, poor thing, she didn't have a chance. She's like, well, okay, what do we do? I'm like, seriously? And, like, I have a lot of NDIS clients anyway that I work with, so we were able to for, um, build and plan manage participants. We can invoice them straight away. We found access to some other funding, two classes a week, capped numbers. Like, we're doing it. It's like a lot of yoga places, a lot of people were saying it, but are we being it? Yeah. You know, we're accessible, we're inclusive. Oh, but not if you look like that. And no, no, we don't have classes that are specifically trauma-informed. Yeah, but it's just my thing. Like I'm just banging on. I'm not saying everybody has to do it. A lot of people identify as not being trauma-informed, and that's cool too. Yeah, but Whatever it's just bringing this awareness out there for people to understand uh, that maybe yeah. in all workplaces, not just in our yoga and um, movement. Yes, well, there's a new platform coming out soon which yes. is going to offer that. So are we up to that one yet or am I going back to other No, jobs? you can tell us about it. Start telling us about it. So, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. well, kind of, like, it does stem from, I won't bang out about myself too much, but it does stem from, you know, what I've experienced to date with people in the movement industry and myself, I used to do it, so I'm not saying I'm holier than thou. It's like this stuff's really important and why don't we have it across? So, so I have a new platform coming out hopefully in the new year. Uh, and all the practices on the platform will either be trauma-aware or trauma-informed, everything. So that's what the platform is. There's kind of be like three uh, silos, if you're not silos, wrong choice of words, three bits because I can't think of a better word. The first one will be for, let's say, consumers. So us, if we wanted to go and do any trauma-informed practices or we just don't like going into studios or maybe it's safer for us to do something online, There'll be yoga, so yin yoga, flow. There'll be Zumba. The lady that I do my Zumba class is going to be on there. She's fantastic. Sorry. Did I say Pilates? Did I say no, PT? No. Pilates, PT, some nervous system regulation um, practices, also breathwork practices. And I'm going to just oh, sort of preface that by saying they're trauma-informed in the sense that we acknowledge that sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. So you get to choose whether you do them, you get to choose whether you stop. And there'll be different ones where you go, oh, I might want to have a crack at that. And it's not just me talking all the time. It, Angus, so Angus Knott, he's a wonderful teacher and teacher trainer. Uh, Sophie Claridge from Good Folk Yoga. Love Soph. Uh, Lily Coffey, who 
is a yoga teacher, Pilates teacher, studying to be an OT. She's fabulous. Yours truly will be doing some stuff. I won't be doing anything. I might do like the single arm handstands, <laughs> no hand push-ups. That's me. Um, but also, too, I'm going to have hopefully I'm just about there for NDIS participants to be able to. Uh, it'll be That's membership really cool. base. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've already got there. I'm going to. I've got offline. I'll talk to you about some other stuff. I found some <laughs> other stuff. No real. And then there'll be a, a portal, part of the portal for practitioners. So that might be anyone, yoga teachers, body workers, massage therapists, naturopaths. So professional organisers. Oh, you wait till we get to that. <laughs> I'm so excited. That's kind of the middle bit. And, you know, okay. That'll be the um, the course that we've just done online. Mm. And Angus will be on that too. So he'll be doing his variable anatomy. We're going to film that. So try and make it kind of interesting. And then have also some individual courses. So you might just want to take his three-hour variable anatomy course. You might just want to do a three-hour course with me, understanding trauma and some other things will build up over time. And then the third part is for industry. Mm. So say, for example, Schools and, a hairdresser and might be... Yeah. Your hairdresser might do the the one for themselves personally, but they might want to trauma inform their business. Yeah, and that'll be you know if you could do some some stuff online, or you know maybe I come out and help with that. Professional organisers, there's some really simple things that we can do to help. Then also, mm-hmm. I'm going to have you access to a lot of kind of support services. I'm going to write a blog. I've just written my first oh, one. Oh, have you? Oh, <laughs> you'll have to we'll link fancy, to it. Fancy pictures done, and so there'll be that kind of. I just really hope to to build over time. I don't know whether you remember. I won't sort of say probably on here, but one of the participants of the course who was a doctor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yep. So she we're going to meet him next week to talk around how do we do that for like the medical industry. I don't like these people do an absolutely wonderful job, but a lot of them aren't particularly trauma informed, as we heard on my course. Mm. So, yep. so how do we make this better for doctors? I'm like, well, yeah, let's let's work together then. So I really want it to be collaborative and organic. And so yeah, that's hopefully going to be in the new year. Oh, I can't wait. And I can't wait to share it. I'll share that on after, even though this will come out before the new year, but we can still share yeah. it after in, the, in um, yeah. the links. So then maybe just quickly share, how can, though, the trauma-informed yoga or movement help survivors? Like how does it help, you know, the nervous system? Because obviously the trauma affects the nervous system, but how can these, you know, practices help yeah maybe it's so if we maybe just pull it back a bit to the nervous system and yeah, trauma yeah. again i'm reading off some notes here but like after trauma the world's experienced with a different nervous system that has like an alt perception of risk and safety full stop like full stop so if we look at so this concept of the window of tolerance and we went through in the course and this is i'm doing this in such a basic way yeah. so please for those that know more than me, don't think I'm kind of glossing over things. Like it's this the window of tolerance was um, is a concept originally developed by Dan Siegel, and it describes like the optimal zone of arousal for people to function in their everyday lives. So you know you've heard of sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. Sometimes if we get kind of activated, um, we uh, may be coming up into a hyper arousal, so anxious, a bit angry that kind of stuff. You know, we've got strategies to non-traumatise people or people that aren't too traumatised to kind of come back in to that window so we have a little bit of balance happening. Again, if, you know, we're pushed out to the bottom, which is hyperarousal, we shut down a little bit, we can maybe freeze a bit. People that aren't overly traumatised can come back in to that window of tolerance. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. So when we are traumatised, this window can be, quite small so so say for me I'm sounds 
or a tone of voice. So whilst I know that this the trauma of what happened to me is it's not there, I'm safe. Mm. So logically I know that, but my body doesn't feel like that. So something will happen and I'm right back there. Uh, and I, I think people overuse the word trigger. So the, technically a trigger means that you're right back there with that trauma. So what's happening to you is actually physically happening to you inside of your body. So that's why I probably use the word activation or escalation a little bit more than I do the word trigger. So am I rambling again? Oh, yeah. So no, very no, easy. That's... We come out and fly up to the top of it or we come out of our window and go down the bottom. So that's that freeze dissociation type of thing. So w- when that happens, like I said before, our medial prefrontal cortex goes offline. So that part in the brain, which is, we're more into our limbic system and brainstem where it's that, you know, prime wall kind of thing. So we need to have strategies that can kind of bring us back into that window of tolerance before prefrontal cortex can come back on and then we can start to make decisions around mindset and around, you know, getting or recovering or whatever mm-hmm. the word might be. So the way trauma-informed approach is that we understand all this stuff. We understand what happens in the brain. We understand that we need to do things really slowly. So, you know, my partner has given me permission to use him as an example, so I'm not going too much into my own personal stuff. He's well, the loveliest bloke ever. <laughs> uh, it has some stuff around it. And I'm so, babes, why don't you maybe go up and have a chat to one of the, you know, psychologists and see what happens, what do you reckon? He goes, all right, oh. And he did. And after the first two sessions, he's talking to me about my window of tolerance and his window of tolerance. And But you could see it really helped him because he started to have some uh, practices that were, just nice and slow and titrated, he could choose. So that's where the trauma-informed approach happens. We, it's person-centred. Our, our comfort is probably less important than somebody else's reality. So there can be real power. Is it unbalance? Balances in power with people that are yoga teachers, breathwork teachers, PTs, whatever it might be. When us telling you what will make you better when actually it's about you letting us know in your time and, and us having the skills to be able to hold space for that. That's beautiful. I like that. That holds space, sense. isn't it? Yes. So that the yes. window of tolerance may build up over time, but it's holding yeah. the space, isn't it? And, and it's, it's, I like it's, that. That balance of power. It's changing that balance yeah. of power. It's not oh, be, because, a PE teacher for 20-odd years. Like, you know, oh, balance course, of power yeah. with yeah. me. And really, though, yeah. it's not. It's about the kids. How do you feel? What do you need from, oh. you know, from this session? Yeah. yeah. And it's also too like, and I get this with um, sometimes when I do my yoga course, people will go, "Oh God, Kathy, now that we know that we can't teach anyone." I'm like, no, no, no. Oh gosh, it's a real fine line because you know I've been told before that perhaps I should be a little bit more delicate when I'm delivering this information. Like, there's nothing delicate about trauma and trauma recovery. It's messy. It's horrible. It's non-linear. Um, and I forgot where I was going with that. PE teaching. Yeah, I don't know. It's just gone. What, what were we talking oh, about? Oh, the balance of power. Oh, yeah. The balance of power. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, even when it's not intentional, you hold so much power up the front then and it can these sort of systems can actually perpetuate trauma or it can help us heal and recover. Uh, and even when we don't sort of mean to. So, But I'm not saying that there can't be times when we're directive or directional. Yeah. Like I work with clients and I, I do a lot of clients online and I'll sort of say, hey, how are you feeling today? What I was thinking about, we might crank out a few of these, do that, da da, and they'll go, mm, yeah, no. Or Kath, can you just tell me what to do today? I'm like, yeah, yeah sure. So it's not. I'm not saying that doesn't work, but it's like let people make a choice. And you can kind of, if you're trained in this, you can see when that's too overwhelming for a client or a participant, 
or someone in a smaller yoga class and you can go, hey, let's move to this. It happened the other day. Um, there was a new participant came into one of my classes at Good Folk Yoga and it was a yin class and she kind of knew that that's what it was. And as soon as it started, there was no possible way for her nervous system that she was going to be able to hold any stillness whatsoever. So it was kind of, you could see her feeling a bit, I'm just like, I started doing a class moving up the front whilst talking to the others about the shape. So we kind of did two in one and, that, and that's okay. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful yeah. to acknowledge someone else and what they needed out of this session rather than what you want them to get out of the session, isn't it? Well, you know I'm not a young lady, so it was a little <laughs> bit difficult with my mind to try and do a single leg. What do you call that? You know, the downward dog with one oh, the downward. leg in the That's the thing, the three-legged dog whilst oh, trying yeah. to tell someone how to do with this. Yeah. Oh, my no, brain would struggle with I do take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can never take. I don't know how mainstream yoga teachers can do it. You know those how they they're fabulous. They have twenty people in a class and they can do a flow and they can breathe and they can do all that at the same time. I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, oh. no, all jokes aside, I'm so passionate about it. I just it's like you say, it's it, it, if we all did it just a little bit. Imagine. Imagine the impact on our world. Yeah. So Kathy, how can people connect with you? Well, Narell, <laughs> so cute. At the moment, I have I, I've actually shut my website off for exhale okay. only because it's kind of I'm just bouncing around there because I'm a lot of this information that's on there like I'm not I used to have a little studio which I don't have anymore I'm not actually taking on any PT clients I'm, just, I'm transitioning into this uh new platform but if you have a look at I've still got my um what do you call it Instagram, Instagram yeah so exhale underscore and underscore b and you can contact me through that and that's you'll find my sort of all my details there and uh, as I said, I'm transitioning over onto this new platform. So probably and the, the new best way platform is will have its own website and a new name and new branding and everything. Oh, would you stop it? It's very. <laughs> I have an investor, so I'm very, very grateful. It's quite fancy. And all jokes aside, we've done all the market research, so it's, it's okay for me to bang on about stuff. But a lot of market research around this. Yeah, we'll have a new name, but I'm going to probably keep that to myself at the minute. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're in the design and development stage of that. The website's being coded as we speak. Had all the pictures done at the Birch Room here in Leopold with the um, different facilitators. It's it's really exciting. And so we're at the filming stage now. Yes, yeah, so go on to Instagram because you can see your stories and you share little snippets yes. of what's going on behind the scenes, which I think is really yeah. exciting for people to see the development of, of what it is in the end. Oh, I really love that sort of thing anyway. I'm a behind-the-scenes person. Oh, thanks. The branding people said, Kathy, when you do this podcast, do not be telling your friend Narelle about the names and what we're doing. Can you hold a little bit back? I'm like, yeah, okay. But it's pretty fancy. Well, I think it is. Yeah, it's so exciting. maybe, I'm not sure, I'll have to look at the dates, but maybe this might yeah. go out when you're about to announce that and then we can put it there. Mm-hmm. If not, I'll then have to do an update of how um, yes, what please. it ends up being <laughs> so we can yes, launch it. Yes, that would be exciting. Well. I would love that. Oh, Kathy, thank you so much for coming on and sharing and sharing a topic that's that is hard to talk about for people and listen to, but it's people like you yeah. that we need in the world sharing oh, more about it. Don't you get me crying, Narelle, because <laughs> I'm Kathy, I'm a crier. Uh, no, thank you. I really appreciate it too because it's like uh, look at what you do and it's such important work and the fact that, you know, you came onto this course and we all got to learn beside each other or alongside each other. Mm. Imagine if we just get some stuff out there in the world. So thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. It was fun. I thought oh, I was good. going to be like, oh, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you so much, Kathy. 
Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you'd like a clutter-free home and clear mental space to be able to focus and get stuff done, then join me for an introduction to yin yoga. These yin yoga shapes have been selected to balance your base and heart chakra so that you feel grounded, supported, accepted and connected and can reduce mental and physical clutter in your life. Get immediate access to the free short videos and take the first step towards a clutter-free home and mind. Head to simplyhappy.com.au in the resource section and start today. I'd like to acknowledge the Wadharong people of the Kulin Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. <laughs>